When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, welcome to the Manchester United broadcast uh, on the night that Manchester United have been beaten 2-0 at the London Stadium by West Ham United. We were supposed to be having Richard Amoka with us. Uh, his partner is actually expecting a baby anytime now, so good luck, Richard and Mrs. Richard, whoever you are. Uh, but Nav Singh joins us um, after a couple of weeks off, after an international break-off. Look back. <laughs> good evening. At, uh, good evening. At, shambles at the London Stadium. Now, let me let me. I just want to touch on a couple of points before we kick. Bit of housekeeping before before we before we uh, crack on. I love hearing from people on, on Twitter and whatnot. But a couple of comments saying that you know I've been overly negative and stuff. How do I defend the indefensible? That's my question. <laughs> That's my question. One, two. Just to start us off nicely, um, we are in big shit. Big, big, big shit right now. Nav, let's go. Right. Well, where do you begin? Um, who's going to play up front next week? Um, because right now, uh, the only striker I can see that we've got at the club uh, also happens to be the manager. So unless Ollie wants to put his boots back on to face Rochdale on Wednesday, I think we're screwed. Um how do you fancy a forward line of Lingard and Daniel James up front in the next Premier League game, which is away at Arsenal? Oh, um, no, it's at home. It's at home. Oh, it's at home against Arsenal. Well, small, small mercies there. Um, who's going to play out on the wings? Are we going to force uh, Pereira again into an unfamiliar position? Uh, who's going to create anything in midfield? Who's going to stand up to be counted? Um, the, 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 the questions are endless. And I just don't see any answers to them. Um, I don't think, you know, I've seen, I, I've picked up a lot of um, Twitter after the game and, and, and been through a lot of the main forums and everyone's saying the same thing. It's just, well, what, what do you do? You know, what does Oli do? He, he hasn't got the luxury of a world-class squad that he can simply drop players, put new players in, you know, because of what we've done over the transfer window, because of uh, the planning that Woodward and co have uh, done for the seasons. This this is where we're at. You know, we have a group of reserves, players that are unproven, and in some cases not likely to make it at the club, um, and a manager who hasn't got the experience of dealing with a situation like this. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you. I'd agree with you on that. I mean, just looking through the squad right now, um, <laughs> yeah. This, this is good. This is going to be fun, isn't it? It is going to be fun to watch. Uh, it's really not. But um, yeah, I genuinely, I feel kind of mentally tired thinking about it because it feels like, you know, United are, are shooting themselves in the foot repeatedly 
um, you know, over and over and over and over again. If they're not overbuying players like, you know, when they did under LVG and, and you know, when we had that summer where we brought in Schweinsteiger, Schneidlin, Falcao, Angel Di Maria, the world, it's mum, you name it. When we weren't, over, you know, you know, bringing too many people in and, you know, sort of when we didn't have like a plethora of options, we're now at a point where the squad is so so thin we and the worst thing is we're not even somewhere where i can say yes we're a core you know we don't have a solid core of a squad we have got basically a lot of leftovers um actually you know what i I, I don't just want to sit here and just talk about the performance because that's what you can hear on a lot of other pods and stuff like that. I want I want to talk about different things and different stories and different angles and things. And my mm. question to you now is is would Sanchez or Lukaku make a difference in this squad right now? Uh, Look, Sanchez, I have to say no because who's to say he would have been fit to take part in any games? Um, Lukaku, much as I don't think he was the answer in the long term for the club. Absolutely, it would make a difference. Um, you know, every week we're watching Rashford run, try, close down. You know, you can't fault the guy's effort, but he is simply not a mainline striker for a Premier League club. He is not, he, he should not be leading the line for United. At best, he's a secondary striker, maybe a wide player that's going to chip in with a few goals. He isn't a number nine, and United are crying out for someone that will get into the penalty area, get on the end of chances, because for once, we do actually have a winger with genuine pace that can beat their fullback, that can whip a ball in. We've got no one in there, no one anticipating what Daniel James can do. Um, so I think Lukaku could have made a difference. For me, that whole piece is, it's great. You decide that Lukaku is not the man. And again, I, I don't have a problem with that. What I have a massive problem is, you know, we're united. We can afford to go out and buy the replacement before we sell Lukaku. But the way we acted in the transfer window was that, you know, we had to get every penny off Inter before we even looked at the transfer market. And of course, that deal dragged on till, what, the day the window closed? There was no hope of bringing anyone in. I cannot believe that that was how we planned things to go. You know, surely there must have been a list. There must have been two or three strikers out there that we wanted, that were available, that we could have gone in and got because other clubs don't seem to have a problem bringing players in. You know, I'm I'm faced with scousers left, right and centre on my my timeline. Unfortunately, in the job I do, I get a lot of abuse now and then. (laughs) Um, you know, but but I have you know one geezer um, who I'm gonna I'm I'm not gonna name any names, but someone who's you know a, a university lecturer, he's supposed to be an academic, turning around and 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 saying um, you know that United have oh hold on a minute let me let me pick it up. Feeling Carrick on it going to Solskjaer on the bench spent three hundred fifty million plus return zero. <sighs> yeah, I'd agree, but I don't blame. Is it just me who just doesn't blame on? We're, we're, we're sort of the camp is beginning to split. I don't know if you if you're getting this as well. The camp is very much beginning Absolutely. to split into Ollie out and Ollie in. I'm very much yeah. Ollie in. I do not blame Ole Gunnar Solskjaer one bit. I think he could be stronger as a manager in terms of dealing with the media, dealing with the press. But then again, he's not Jose Mourinho. Jose Mourinho, the king of mind games. He's not Rafa Benitez who's going to go there and and talk for England. He's not, you know, Nigel Pearce who's going to call someone, you know, an ostrich and, 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 you know, sort of be done with it. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is known for being a nice guy. Someone who is sort of, you know, the darling of the apple of everyone's eyes. You know, he was the apple of Fergie's eye. The fans adored him. You know, I remember, I remember, I think he had more people at his testimonial than Gary Neville did. You know that? And and, and Gary Neville, a one-club man, an absolute club legend, you know, bleeds United. Um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer had more people at his testimonial. And you know what? People aren't going to go, oh, yeah, it might have been cheap ticket. I don't give a fuck. The guy was loved. He still is loved. Yeah. But right now, right now, he's being tested. Let's be fair. Let's be fair right now. From Moyes to Van Gaal to Mourinho to Solskjaer, there's one constant, and that is, unfortunately, Ed Woodward. And he's someone we're definitely going to come on to in, in, in you know, including that video. But I want to... That's been circulating between him and Phil Jones. But I want to yeah. get on to... Ollie, and ask you now, 
Where are you right now with, with Ollie? Again, I, I'm Ollie in. Um, this mess isn't all Ollie's fault. There are areas I'd like to see Ollie do differently. And, and for me, I think he needs to stop towing the company line. I think he needs to be a little bit more brutal in his assessment about where the club genuinely is. Um, uh, you know, I, I love confidence. I, I love people that have that natural um, ability to look on the bright side. But blimey, you know, the, the, sick is shimp- the, si- the ship is absolutely sinking. And Ollie at times look like, looks like the only man in the world that believes things are just going to be okay around the corner. Um, I think he needs to be a bit more honest. I agree. He, he hasn't got that experience of, of uh, Mourinho or Van Hal where they've been through crisis points in their careers and have come through and learned how to deal with the media. Ollie's never had that level of attention. I don't think the club's doing him any favours, though, whatsoever. You know, are we or are we not getting a director of football? If we are, this has to be the longest recruitment process that's ever taken place in the history of the game. You know, are we as a club backing him? You know, who were his targets over summer? You know, was he given the permission to go out and buy? I totally get this buying English, buying British. But if that means we're going to be ending up paying 50, 60 million for the likes of Sean Longstaff, we've got to be better. You know, how many global scouts do we employ? Are you telling me that they cannot find players for less than the kind of Harry Maguire or Wan-Bissaka money that we were prepared to pay? Um, so I, I think there's a... I back Holly, um, but I think the patience is beginning to wear thin. Um, do, you, do you think he's you know, scared of being sacked? Do you think he doesn't speak uh, out about the board because he's seen what happened to Mourinho? Um and, and thinks to himself, shit, I don't want to be... He doesn't want to tarnish his reputation with the fans, with the club. Do you, do you think he is, he is worried that, you know, if he sure. speaks... If he I'm talks not so sure about, about that. Uh, I, I, I think he's... Yeah, I, I think he's just a good citizen. I think he... Um, I, I think he believes what people are telling him. Um, I, I think that behind the scenes, it wouldn't surprise me if he's got a lot of assurances off the likes of um, Ed Woodward that we're not going to have a knee-jerk reaction in Sackham. And let's face it, if Ollie was sacked tomorrow, what does the club do? You know, who, who are you going to go and bring in? Are we going to go back to Mourinho? Um, who else is out there that would leave and Max establish Allegri. this state season? Max Allegri, yeah, Max hovering Allegri. in the background. And I have, um, you know, I, th- I think this whole Pochettino situation... Is is sort of going to be boiling down to him either going to United or Real Madrid in the summer, um, or or at some point, you know, his he, Pochettino is actually funny enough. He reminds me of Oli so much now because, you know, in the early days it was oh Daniel Levy's great. Daniel Levy can do nothing. You know, he, he can do nothing wrong. He's great. He's this. He's that. He's the other. Yet. Have you noticed how shitty he's become in his presses? He's he's being really, really coy about things. It's as if he doesn't care anymore. Well, I think you know that that's a whole. Let's face it. There, there's some different issues at that club. I think I think you've got a very powerful setup behind the manager. If I'm honest, at Tottenham, um, and much as you know, I think he's done a great job in terms of lifting them to where they've got to. You wouldn't have believed they get to a Champions League final. I don't think Pochettino is the key cog at Tottenham. I think Tottenham have got a good enough setup behind the scenes in terms of the ability to bring players in, the ability to run their books well, construct a stadium that, you know what, if Pochettino carries on the way he's going, they'll remove him and they'll bring someone in and they'll carry on rolling. United's a different beast altogether. I think United have got far bigger issues, um, you know, um, on the on the footballing side, predominantly from how we fund the club in terms of what are we prepared to pay for players, our inability to negotiate either players we buy or players we sell, and a consistent failure of whoever is whoever is signing off on those players. You know, who in their right mind signed off on Fred for 52 million? A player that struggles with the basics of the game. I mean, Mark Noble yeah, com- completely outplayed Fred today um, for the few minutes he was on the pitch. He's Brazilian Fellaini, isn't he? Oh, dear me. Uh, you know what? At least Fellaini could get his head on a set piece or, or well, do who, something. Who, Fellaini, uh, you know, Fred's incapable of that. Who's better, Anderson or Fred? 
Well, <laughs> you know, at least Anderson made people laugh. And really, you know, what we forget is Anderson was playing around a, a team of Premier so, League winners. Now, so man. you could accommodate a clown. Fred, unfortunately, isn't. He's a man that you expect and should be stepping up for the kind of money we paid for him, for the kind of reputation he came with. But God knows what, what, happened, there. what happened with that deal. He'll be off for 12 or 13 million somewhere in a year or two in, a, in, a, in January, next January or something <laughs> like that. Don't, don't, don't you worry about that. Um, where to next? This, this is becoming a bit of a struggle. Uh, let's just look at some of the team news. Uh, Greenwood out with tonsillitis uh, after a, a a good goal midweek. Um, he is. He looks like a great prospect. He's seventeen. He's yeah, seventeen he, years old. It's, it's prospect, and that's the key word, prospect. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, we seem to have people thinking that this guy is going to save the season. Is he? I mean, I. I, I I don't think that's the it's the best circumstances for him to be coming in and leading the line for United as the only fit striker. Um, I would much rather we had an experienced option to play alongside him, to take some of that pressure off. Can he handle the pressure? Can he handle the physicality would be my question of Greenwood of 90 minutes in the Premier League when you're up against beasts of centre-back every week? You know, people do ask me, you know, what do United do? Truth be told, that Zlatan link a couple of weeks ago. It, Wouldn't it be the worst thing. Exactly. Um, or, six yeah. months. The six all, months. All of a sudden now, the Lorente, uh, <laughs> the Lorente deal that we didn't do looks like it may have been something we should have been looking at. Um, but you know what? It, it's it's going to have to... We're gonna, I think United are going to have to be quite creative because January is the worst time to bring players in. And when United start going for these players, they're going to be quoted ridiculous fees. So, course, you know, anyone who's right thinking that we're going to bring in a Jaden Sancho in January, forget it. I think we'll struggle to get him in summer, frankly, unless I, we I, I'll tell you what, got back into Champions League football. I, th- I think we'll have a... I, th- I really can see a raid on Tottenham happening in January. You know, uh, with, with a couple of their players being, you know, their contracts expiring in the summer. It's us gonna go and try and break the bank for him and Juventus will just scoop him up on the free on the rebound, you know. But um I can see United just trying to join and play with Tottenham in January. But it just what what I don't sort of understand is how everyone upon ever I mean Gary, Gary Neville turned around today and said that United squad needs beefing up. Everyone thinks that. What does Ed Woodward see? What does Richard Arnold see? What does uh, you know Matt Judge see? What what does Ollie see? You know how how are these guys just how have they come into this season so unprepared? You know people are talking about Chelsea, looking around us and going, "Oh Chelsea, this Chelsea, that Chelsea, the other." You know what? Chelsea squad ain't bad. It ain't bad. They gave Liverpool a right good going over in the second half. Their squad is not bad, and they've got someone in Tammy Abraham. I think he scored two hat tricks already. You know, they've got someone who can find the back of the net. We have gone in there, you know, sort of woefully unprepared. We've gone into exam with with no pencils. You know, I just, I really don't understand how decisions are made, how logically things things are done. I I just don't get it. I'm really confused. No, I I agree. I I cannot, I I do not see how they started the season in this way. Um, The transfer market was woefully quiet. It it was taking us ages to get deals. I mean, how long did it take to get Daniel James signed up from Swansea? You know, are we that bad? I think that was obviously Dan passing. I think think we could look at look past Dan James deal. I think the two that I'm going to look at are one the dip, the time between Wan Bissaka and Maguire was about five five and a half weeks. Dan James, we can look at. I think he was actually scheduled to sign, and his dad passed away. Um, I think I think it was a week or two before he joined United. So so there was a few things going on there. But I mean, forget that. The fact that we only signed three and we let go of however many others was just a bit like what what's going on here, you know? Yeah, I mean, there, there must have been other players or other targets. And if it's a case that we can't land our targets, what on earth is going wrong? Um, you know, are, has the appeal of United fallen that far that players simply don't want to sign for us? You know, and I know one or two other stories came out after the deadline of apparently offers we'd made. I think one of them was the uh, the, the Brazilian winger from Ajax. Is it Neres? Um, yeah. I think... Uh, 
came out and said, well, he had an offer to join United. He chose to renew Ajax. Uh, you know, when have we ever lost out to Ajax in terms of, uh, you know, bidding for the services of a player? Um, have we fallen that far down? And if so, why aren't the scouts being challenged to say, well, find me the next, whoever it might be. Find me those players in the bracket of 20 to 50 million that we can go in and do a deal. Um, we just don't seem to be able to. I mean, right now, I think people know who Ollie wants. He wants Jaden Sancho. That much is obvious. He wants Sean Longstaff. He wants Declan Rice. The next, the other name I hear mentioned now is Callum Wilson. None of those clubs will sell to United for less than Harry Maguire type money. The days now, the days of 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 United going and bending Premier League teams over for for players. Like, I mean, you look at Michael Carrick, fourteen million pounds of Michael Carrick in '06. We paid two million pounds for Edwin Van der Sar. You know, we 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 picked up players left, right, and centre from Premier League clubs. Them days are gone because of these TV deals where 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 clubs have so much money. I mean, you look at Maguire, Leicester don't need the money. And the um, fact of the matter is when we go back in for Chilwell or Madison, we will get done up left, right, and center by them. You know, we they they don't need that money anymore. And it's 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 very, very concerning. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, we we don't appear to have uh, the ability to to look beyond the obvious, you know, what's happening in some of these other leagues, you know, who have we got that's watching football across Europe, across South America, you know, why aren't we picking up players from maybe some of the lesser leagues if that's what it takes, because right now we don't have the numbers in the squad, we are unfairly, in my opinion, relying on some of the kids, you know, I don't. I have no problem with playing kids against Astana in the European Cup or against Rochdale in the Carabao Cup. But if we're having to field four or five of these youngsters against Arsenal on Monday night purely because we don't have anyone else, that's shocking. That's absolutely shocking. Um, there are some huge gaps in this squad. And, you know, the, the next point, and, you know, I don't know if this has been picked up or addressed, what is going on with the fitness of United players? You know, are, do we have players that simply cannot take the Premier League? You know, they are dropping like flies at the moment. And again, that seems to have been a fairly consistent theme now under Ollie, previously under Mourinho and Van Gaal and David Moyes, that we just don't seem to be able to keep players fit. What's wrong in our preparation or our sports science divisions that we cannot keep our players on the pitch? Too lightweight. Far too lightweight. You know, <laughs> I think Roy Keane turned around and said, uh, he could play in this team, no, no sweat at his age. Um, they're not tough enough. Very, very simply, they're not tough enough. They're not. There's no, you know, sort of leader out there, you know, pushing people on, driving and driving and driving. I don't know. Marcus Rashford's gone off with it with a groin injury. You've got Mason Greenwood out with tonsillitis. You know, mate, get him some strep seals and crack on. You know that. What more do you want me to say? You know, like. Get the boy a Lucasade and let, let's let's get this game going. There just doesn't seem to be a desire anymore. And you know what? I'll, I'll tell you something. He gets so much shit. It's Ashley Young. He he's probably the only one I sit there and go. You to know, be fair, he's one of the few durable players we've got. I mean, the guy wants to, to stay play. fit. Absolutely. And yeah, I, I cannot criticize anyone who acts in the professional way that he does. Of course, it doesn't make me happy to think. Wow, he's still arguably better than Luke Shaw uh, left back uh, right now but that's more an indictment of everyone else rather than how brilliant Ashley Young is um, uh, you, you know goes back to pick the wrong signings develop them in the wrong way and this is what happens um, just awful awful scenario and, and, it, and it won't change I mean January we're going to have to again I repeat we are going to have to perform some miracles in January to bring in the kind of depth this squad needs yeah. um, without you know unless we're going to throw crazy money at the situation and spend I don't know 300 million which in United terms is probably bringing in two maybe three players um, it's just not going to be good enough um, I, I just don't see where we go from here but I do not think that removing Ollie miraculously changes no. the situation there's an awful lot more that has to happen at the club and then you judge Oli the same as you would judge any other manager because if he cannot make the players perform if he cannot improve the players through coaching through tactical ability if he cannot set up the team in the right way then absolutely you know he should pay the price for that whether he's a club legend or not um 
very quickly, I just want to I just want to touch on one final thing about transfers, and and you know we talked about Inter Milan, and obviously the fact that they they brought in Sanchez and and Lukaku. Uh, I actually mentioned to Rich on one of the other pods that Mauro Cardi um, actually went to PSG on a season long loan deal. Is there no way that Ed Woodward could have negotiated Cardi to come into United? Uh, you know, on, on a season-long loan. You know, I know a lot of people have said that his, his misses causes trouble and whatnot, but if he's good enough for PSG, surely he's good enough for United. Um, it, it, he could have been someone sort of senior. Uh, yes, yeah, still so. Um, because right now we've got Jesse Lingard up front. So, yeah. <laughs> well, yes, and that just depresses me every time I think about it. But you're right. Look, not just Akadi. There were other players that moved across Europe this summer that we could have or perhaps should have been in for. I like the look of Haller at West Ham. I think he's a yeah. big lad, good physicality, appears to have some skill, appears to have some athleticism. He went for, what, 40, 45 million? West Ham, you know, where were we in that deal? If, if you know, if Woodward really didn't want to pay a fee, go and find Frank Ribery, who's turned up at Sampdoria, I believe, for, for free. There, there were deals to be done out there. Um Interestingly, I mean, there are a couple of clubs I would suggest in January that need to seriously trim their wage bills, who may be in the market of selling. I think Juventus, absolutely. I mean, they were clearly trying to offload Dybala amongst others. And if you look at their squad, Emre Chan hasn't even been registered for their Champions League squad, which in part shows you how many options they have. Emre Chan. Emre Chan sitting there. He's only 27 years old. Liverpool Um, reject, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, are we are we saying on today's showing that that guy wouldn't improve the midfield? Would he offer more mobility no, no, no. than uh, Matic? I agree with you. I agree with you. you, know? I, agree with you. Uh, I, draw, uh, I draw the line at Luis Suarez, but yeah. <laughs> um, but that's your other club, Barcelona. They need to offload players. Um, you know, we all know what they're looking to do. They're trying to put together this world-beating deal for Neymar. They have got players in that side that they need to offload, whether that's Rakitic or whomever. There will be players out there that no doubt will improve this United team. Are we brave enough to make those decisions? Or does it go against our buy young, buy British and overpay, uh, which seems to be the current mantra? You know, we're happy to pay. An element of sort of... um... I don't know if this is the word streetwiseness in 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 the transfer market, and and there really isn't. I think Musa Dembele is someone who I've watched for a few years. Not Musa Dembele as in one S X Spurs, as in I'm talking Musa Dembele as in X Fulham and Celtic. You know, forward. I also thought that um, you know, and I've thought this for years that we let go of Memphis too far too early. Um, you know, it was just sort of like a lack of patience. But unfortunately, there's nothing we can do. But that now apparently there's an imaginary buyback clause and that. I'm not sure if um if United had ever go back there. I mean he was flirting with Liverpool in, in, in the summer, which was uh which was interesting. Um very, very quickly there's a really interesting tweet. I don't know if you picked up on that. Patrice Evra. Patrice Evra, yes, yes. What is he saying in that tweet? What is he? What? What is the meaning behind that? I mean, it was released at six forty this evening. He got. I think it's time to get our hands dirty at Man United ball board. Are you ready to help to let us help you guys? Um, and a picture of him kissing the badge. I mean, look, mm. I love this guy. I absolutely love left back Pat. And the fact that he's doing his badges at the club and basically just roaming around in training kit every day. Um, I don't know. It's funny. He seems to be doing interviews left, right and centre. <laughs> he's, he's got a lot of Twitter fired up. Um, by, by Look, a lot of people... unless, unless Evra can sign and play up front against Arsenal next Monday night, I don't see that Evra is the difference between what we're doing now and what we should be doing. Um, I, I don't know what he's meaning. Is he is he hanging himself out there for a job, whether that's some sort of coaching position or a director of football director role? Football. Not sure he's particularly well qualified, but again, um, well, you know, I again, mean, so I think... about Edwin. In in the past two, three weeks, there's been so much chat about Edwin Van der Sar. Um, and I'd love to see him back at the club because I think what he's done at Ajax is nothing short of revolutionary. He's put them back on a map, you know, himself, Overmars, and Dennis Burkham, who's aged a hell of a lot. I saw him on, yeah. on the video. Yeah. He's really aged. But Edwin, you know, he seems to be intelligent. He's got that sort of brain about him. 
whether he be he's a clever guy absolutely um but, but but surely the time to have that conversation was last year surely after the better, better he'd be given you know, the the authority to go and actually do what he does at Ajax on a whole at United, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Again, we're dishing out contracts left, right, and centre. Rashford's got a new deal. Apparently, Lingard's getting a new deal. Oh. Uh, you know, De Gea has obviously signed a new deal. We haven't talked about it, but you know, there's players on on big, big, big money there. Um, and and you know. Who controls that? If if we do get a director of football, the director of football control it. Does it still sit with Woodward? Where does it go? Where does it go? The the other thing is, I mean, truth be told, truth be told, the dream would be if David Gill took his position back, you know, by by sort of January, and and a lot of people are saying that it could happen because, you know, he still sits on the board of the club. <sighs> Who knows? It could be a pipe dream, but. Twitter, it seems, is a place full of pipe dreams. You know? Well, exactly. Uh, look, I mean, I, I think the Edwin van der Sar piece, uh, it's a valid link. The guy's got experience. But we have to remember, his role at Ajax is, he's CEO at Ajax. Mm. He, he's effectively, that is effectively Ed Woodward's position. So, I'm not sure that Edwin van der Sar is some transfer guru who can come in and transform United's fortunes. Because as you highlighted, there's this, there's him, there's Bergkamp, there's Overmars, there's a structure. City don't just have one person that dictates transfers. They have a, they have this, well, I don't want to say committee because it reminds me of the, of the so-called Liverpool transfer committee, but they have yeah. several decision makers there. Um, you know, they have Bergesteri and they have Serrano, they have, um, Guardiola, you know, it it is a combined effort. I, again, I, I do think sometimes, you know, especially when I follow all the various tweets and so on, United fans seem to think that appointing a director of football automatically means we're going to start signing great players. It probably doesn't. Um, uh, I think we still have to deal with the limitations of United. And those limitations are the fact that everyone knows our income. We're very public about bragging about our new noodle sponsor or, you know, uh, Chinese tractor parts, yeah. uh, you know, fantastic. But what that means is that we pay the United tax on every transfer. So take a fee, add 10 million, double it, and there's your price for United. Um, so that's the kind of conditions that anyone has to accept and work under. That's why I still feel fundamentally we have to be looking harder for players. I just think we seem to, you know, up until Daniel James is signing, I haven't seen any signing with real imagination for United. Daniel James is definitely a signing that came quite left field. Looks like they took a gamble, they, they followed up a hunch, and they went for it. And it's paid dividends. I'd like to see more like that. I'd like to see us dip in and, and look for that type of player, you know, someone hardworking, someone grounded, someone who wants to come up. What I'm not happy to do is to go out, find established stars and, you know, offer 100 million just to get deals over the line. Because it has to be said, it doesn't appear that there was a great deal of negotiation when it came to the Maguire Wambasaka transfers. The clubs pretty much held us to ransom. They knew what they wanted. We ended up paying it. All we did was waste our time and theirs by dragging out those deals. So I'd like to see something change on that. Um, I, I think if we don't have a plan for January, then you can completely write off this season. Um, and there is a genuine risk. Where do you think we're going to finish? Well, right now, um, right now where, do, where in your heart, because I'll be straight with you. Okay. You know, when uh, on Friday afternoon, when I sat in the bookies doing my, my ACA, I looked at you know, West Ham United versus Manchester United, and I thought to myself, you know what, I never bet against my own team, but I'm not betting on them this week because I just did not have the faith in United this week. It just looked like one of them fixtures where we are going, we're going to get beat. And, and, and right now, this season, I don't think we're going to qualify for Europe. I don't know if that's um, a thing in disguise. I, I think... I think we'll be very similar to last season. I think we'll finish sixth. I think we'll probably do enough to hold off that group of clubs below the likes of West Ham, Leicester, uh, Everton and so on. But I don't think we'll do a great deal more. Um, and, you know, the crying shame about this year is I, I look across at Arsenal. They're not the most consistent, very up and down. I think Spurs have fallen back from where they were last year. I think Chelsea, again, there's there's a level of transition, there's a level of uncertainty there. If we'd have got our act together in summer, I think we could have comfortably, and it sounds horrible to limit your ambitions, but I think we could have been comfortably the third best side in the league. 
behind City and Liverpool. But we didn't do it. You know, we didn't make the signings. We weren't ambitious enough in summer. We either didn't have a plan or if we had a plan, we just didn't execute it because I cannot believe that this was the plan. We start the season with these players that we have here today. Surely there must have been other bids, other interests, and for whatever reason, we haven't got those over the line. Yeah, Nav, let's take a pause. This is the Manchester United broadcast. We'd love to hear from you, of course, uh, reacting to United's 2-0 defeat at the London Stadium earlier on today at the hands of West Ham United uh, at United Redcast on Twitter. We'll catch you on the other side. Yeah, welcome back to the Manchester United Redcast with myself, Aaron Paul and Nav Singh. We are talking all things United as the Reds are beaten at the London Stadium by West Ham United. Andre Yarmolenko and Aaron Cresswell scoring for the Hammers as Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's dismal away record continues. Um, Nav, looking at the United squad, and uh, again, I sort of want to reiterate, you know, there's a lot of people turning around saying, you know, we're being negative and stuff, but I think we're kind of just highlighting the situation that we're in right now, um, which is a pretty dire one. But Nav, I want to I touch on the squad once again. We keep talking about, and Ollie, in fact, keep talks keeps talking, excuse me, about a rebuild and a process and this is a job and, and and a rebuilding job and stuff like that. I heard him talking to one of my colleagues on Five Live earlier about it. When you look at that squad right now, um, how many of those players are going to be got, you know, you know, binned off next summer? Because right now, I'm looking at Mata, Pereira, potentially Rojo, potentially Fred, potentially Fosu Mensah, Matic, Sanchez, Smalling, all going, and the squad gets smaller. How are United going to work this? Are this is is it going to be another job of six out three in, six out two in? How how are they well, going to manage this? Because again, on today's showing, I can't see Mata staying. I can't see uh, I can't see Pereira staying because I I think again, forget the fans. I, I think a lot of the coaches are getting fed up with him and the fact that he has so much potential and 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 he doesn't quite. You know, he doesn't quite fit the bill. Rojo, they tried to offload. Although, can I just say? I, really <laughs> yes, I know what you're going to say. The Rabona. <laughs> I really, no, 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 no. I really enjoyed watching him play against us. Well, it was literally a case put... <laughs> of like, can we zoom in on him and make sure it's him? You he know, played like a man playing five-a-side football with his mates on Wednesday I night. He was knocking it around <laughs> like Pele, genuinely. And not not I'm not talking about Pele of Brazil. I'm talking about Abedi Pele, Jordan Ayew. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, Fred's been away. Yeah. You know, you can see Fosu Mensa going. Although I still think he potentially has a part to play. Matic, you know, is apparently a target for for a lot of the Italian sides. Is Diego Dallo, you know, someone who's who's going to stick around? Sanchez will no doubt go. Smalling will, well, fuck knows. They might bring him <laughs> back and say he's turned into, you know, Paolo Maldini. Yeah. But how many more are, are we going to get rid of on this call? I forgot about Phil Jones as well, but he's another subject we'll come on to in a minute. Look, I, I think everyone you've mentioned, I, I would be surprised to see half of that list still at the club next year if mm-hmm. there are people that show genuine interest. I mean, Matic is out of contract. There are no signs that anyone is preparing. A, we're preparing any form of contract extension for him. The question with Matic is, does he go in January and do we recoup a little bit of money or do we hold out until um, summer to use him and then let him go? But as always, I have no problem with anyone on that list that you've mentioned leaving the club. What my issue is, is that how many are we going to bring in? When are we bringing them in? Who are they? Can we afford to do it? You know, we if, if every player, if, if every replacement is going to be in the 60 to 80 million pound price bracket, there's no way we can bring in two or three. We, we simply can't afford to go on a one billion pound spending spree. Uh, <clears throat> I would think we will probably invest somewhere in the region of one to 200 million per annum in the squad which is still an awful lot, but unfortunately, when it's United doing the deals, it doesn't seem to get you a lot. In, how we, in how are we not being shrewder, though? In, uh, you know, looking at the freebies, looking at how Juventus operate, I know, you know, they're a big name, but so are Manchester United. How are we not, you know, making sure we get the pick of them, like the Rabios of this world, and, and go, going and 
sort of make just making sure we're in there. You know, ha, I know a lot of I know uh, we we seem to have this problem where a lot of players seem to use us as as you know a negotiation tool with with their existing clubs and new deals, but. Surely we should be in there going, you know what, we're Manchester United, here's a contract offer, bang, there you go. Absolutely. I mean, and, and let's face it, if if that is our strategy, we should have that list of names right now because from January the 1st, any player outside of the Premier League, um, so any player sitting in Spain, Italy, France, Germany, who is um, out of contract in summer 2020, United can negotiate with from the 1st of January. And you'd like to think that they maybe have identified several players out there because I can't believe this is, you know, it's only the Premier League that has this scenario. Every top league in Europe will have a number of players out of contract that potentially deals can be done, no transfer fee. We can, you know, it will come all in the signing on fee and so on. But again, we... (laughs) It would appear that we have very limited targets. We advertise them so blatantly that the clubs are ready for us when we come in. And then we end up going through a pointless negotiation phase where, you know, we trim one or two million off, but end up delaying deals. And then we get them over the line late. Um, We're very slow. You know, we are incredibly slow at doing a deal. In fact, the only summer, again, you touched on in the first half, the only summer I can genuinely remember us and, thinking, wow, this is exciting stuff, was um, Van Hal's preseason when, to me, out of nowhere, you know, Schweinsteiger, you know, pretty much announced over one weekend. Um, you know, we had Falcao turning up, last minute, deadline day, loan deal. We had, you know, Di Maria, you know, it, it felt like, wow, we're serious about this. Okay, you know, it didn't work out. The bulk of those players, well, simply aren't at the club anymore. But it feels like, I don't know whether that experience has burnt United and they want to take it far slower. And I get that to a point, but someone has to sit up and take note of where this squad is and what the capability of this squad is. Because if the capability of this squad is no better than sixth, you may as well go out and sign five, six, seven players and try something a bit quicker to change. Because right now, if we don't bring in two or three in January, we have... You know, we could drop out of that quite easily. Um, uh, and I, you know, are at what point does Edward would get seriously concerned that the long-term income prospects for United are going to be damaged? So I'm sure you're aware that the Adidas kit deal carries a major drop in terms of what Adidas will pay us if United do not make it back into the Champions League this year. So that deal yep. drops by around 30% per annum. You know, so so that from an income perspective is something like anywhere between, depending on whose figures you believe, between 10 and 20 million less every year that Adidas play for the duration of that contract. So that contract had one, that one get out clause for Adidas that if United miss Champions League football for two seasons or more during the term of that contract, they face that penalty. So we've already missed one season. Um, you, you know, uh, that's a serious lot of money to forego. You'd mm. you'd have to think if you were Woodward, and let's assume that we are not, you know, absolutely sunk by January, that we're still broadly hovering around that sixth, seventh place, that Woodward wants to throw the kitchen sink at it to try and recover that five, ten points, whatever the gap is sitting at at that point. So uh, I think there has to be some viable action. And if there is going to be action in January, Right now is when we should be looking, doing the scouting, you know. Yeah, it ha- it has to be proactive, not reactive. You know, we can't go and get tonked or knocked out of the FA Cup in January and they're like, right, let's go and spunk £100 million pound and chuck, you know, 50, 60 on Christian Eriksen and this, that, the other. It, I mean, look at what happened with Sanchez, you know, after the whole Perisic deal with, with, with Mourinho. Mourinho just going, cool, let's stick him on the right-hand side of the flank. Speaking of sponsors, though, Nav, uh, it looks like one of the Glazers' first ever sponsorship deals at United is going to be coming to an end um, in the next day or two because it looks like Thomas Cook are going to be ceasing trading and of course United uh, work quite closely with Thomas Cook Sport and uh, on the Dream Breaks packages um, Mm. which saw the East Stand Tier 2 basically turned into like a holiday camp 
um, <laughs> to those people who want to spend £100 on a match ticket to go and watch United versus Bolton slash Burnley slash insert lower, uh, <laughs> lower level Premier League team. Uh, here and uh, and enjoy a two-night stay in the uh, luxury two-star accommodation of the Holiday Inn. Um, so yeah, looks like their first cash cow is uh, is on its way out. If if Thomas Cook fold, let's uh, push on. Um, just oh, again, some some news, some breaking news this evening. Um, mm. We talked about him earlier, but Anderson has retired. Yes, yes, I did see that uh, at the age of thirty-one. Um, <laughs> Again, <laughs> great guy, probably great to go out for a drink with, but you wouldn't want him in your squad. No. It, you know, simply never stayed fit. But you know what? He, he came with some promise. But again, that, that was an interesting signing. He was signed after a major injury um, from which it appears he never really recovered. If you ever get the chance to look up Anderson pre-United and look at that player compared to the player we ended up with, Different league, different different type of potential altogether. Um, he had one or two games, you know. I do remember him, you know, quietening uh, Stephen Gerrard up at, um, at Anfield in that season. I think it was 2011. But, um, yeah, ne- never really uh, lived up to anything much. I, I still seeing any shits on Fabregas everywhere. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's, it's, a great, it's a great line. Um, having spoken to Mike Phelan about him, I actually had the chance to have a sit-down with a one-to-one with Mike Phelan a few years back, and I, I basically just ram-raided him with a load of United questions. What happened to Makeda? What happened here? What happened there? And, and Anderson obviously came up, and, and Mike Phelan was honest and saying, like, truth of the matter is, he, he was great, but he just, lo- he just loved takeaways too much. And I was like, fair enough. <laughs> You know, he just, bless you, you just used to see him, like, chugging along at, like, you know, 30 <laughs> minutes in, and you'd be like, oh, bless him, you know, bless yeah. him. He was, um, he, he was interested. Uh, other United news, and a lot of people talking about Ander Herrera and his slow start to life at PSG. God, I miss him. Oh, I miss him so much. You know, a- average player with above average mentality and work rate. Um but uh, yeah, he's uh, he struggled with a calf injury, and uh, hasn't quite, you know, sort of kickstarted his career at Paris Saint Germain. Um, elsewhere, and let's look at let's look at this video now because I sent it to you. Yes, uh, yeah. Uh, it's a video involving Phil Jones and Ed Woodward, uh, done by a guy called Garway. I mean, genuinely, this thing I, I've just. I've seen this video go from about a thousand retweets. It's currently sitting at eleven point one thousand retweets and twenty eight thousand likes. Um, a lot of confusion with what was actually said in the video. It looks, I mean, if you if you watch it again slowly, Ed Woodward has turned around to him. Uh, well, Phil Jones has gone sacked in the morning or some something. Again, we're lip reading, and Ed Woodward himself um, turning around saying, "Be quiet. We're on camera. Stop it." Um, yeah, no, it doesn't look great. It does not look great. Um, my view is if, and it is a bit if, because, you know, we are all lip reading. If Phil Jones has said that, he should be, you know, he should be severely sanctioned. That, you know, it, it is disgraceful. Um, to say that when you're sitting in the director's box, um, at a live TV game, you know how many cameras are out there. You know they're going to be focusing on um, Ed Woodward. Um, disgraceful, if true. And I hasten to add, if true. So it will be interesting to see whether United do comment at all on that no over the coming days. Impossible will they comment. I know I know their comms team, they, they, they'd rather not comment. They'd rather not bother at all. Um, it does actually look like Phil Jones had sacked in the morning. Because and and then Edward would sat in his seat. Is, you know, he looks like the Godfather, trying to trying to sort of orchestrate how things are going, just showing his disdain at the situation on the pitch. And he's given it's a menacing look at Phil Jones, isn't it? It Absolutely. really is like Absolutely. a, a death And you know, a lot of people saying that Woodward saying we're on camera, stop it. But he it looked like at the end he actually said stop. So what he yes. said stop about, I'm not actually sure. Um, exactly. Lee, Lee Grant doesn't seem to bother. Bless him. Third choice keeper syndrome. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he he doesn't actually care. But very very strange indeed. Very strange indeed. Um, obviously the hashtag Woodward hours and the hashtag Glazer hours are are back out in force tonight. Um, 
I, I, I can't stand them. I want to see them out of the club. Um, this is it, isn't it? This is the, the common denominator. This, he is the problem, isn't he? Um, yeah, I think his leadership style um, and the fact that he does not appear to want to give up any part of his empire uh, appears to be an issue. I think his silence doesn't help. Uh, if there's a master plan at United, why not fill us out on it? You know, why not come out and say something? Now, I know that he's pretty media shy, likes to keep himself out of that firing line, but this is United. This is arguably the biggest football club in the world. It needs more of a public voice. It does need someone other than the manager to have to come out. I think at times it feels like they genuinely are leaving Ollie out, hung out to dry, you know. Um, so I, I think Ollie would appreciate some level of help and support. You know, whether that's Woodward putting someone else in to be that that person, that spokesperson for this regime. But, you know, God knows what's happening behind the scenes in terms of the regime. Um, at the end of the day, the only thing that will force them into action is if they see the potential for long-term drop in income. And OK, losing a sponsor hurts, losing the Adidas money hurts. United start finishing sixth and seventh and become irrelevant that's going to hurt a hell of a lot more. So, uh, you know, I would hope that they are that they are as concerned and are caring as much about the fans right now. Ed Woodward, back in 2014, we can do things in the transfer market that other clubs can only dream of. Watch this space. Yeah. Well, he did. He paid £52 million for Fred. No one in their right mind <laughs> yeah. would have. Falcao, Di Maria. Um, you know, I, I, I don't even know... Phil Jones' new deal, Smalling new deal, Sanchez, Lukaku. Oh, yeah, you know. Schneider, you'd argue that he has, he has fulfilled. He's, uh, he has fulfilled his brief. If that was his brief, well done. Rochdale, Shocking, is isn't it? I guess it will be the kids. So, yeah, I do look forward to seeing players of potential getting a game i think the circumstances are poor and unfortunately those kids are going to be facing a lot of pressure yeah when they step out there because the the world will be waiting for united to slip up against rochdale so that everyone can rub it in uh, again around ollie and around everything else which is wrong at our club but um look i i'd like to see them go out play without fear um i think one or two of them have still got a big point to prove i, I felt a bit for chong last week in uh, in the astana game i think he had a really poor game he knew he had a poor game he Nothing had a poor game. i think gomez had a, didn't have a bad game at all G gomez looked good, tidy in possession showed a few skills a mm. few tricks and, uh, you know well Astana aren't great, you know, they, they, they were, they're a poor team, but they did have between eight and ten players behind the ball at, at all times. These players have got to learn that that's what playing for United is like. You know, uh, Old Trafford sides will come and do that. Um, I think Gomez has got something. I think he's he's got that touch. I think he's got some good vision. It'll be great to see him get more minutes to to learn how to, to get through problems like that. My real, real concern, as I said, is who's going to play up front? Uh, are we going to rush Martial back to fitness just to stick him up front for that game, which I think will be a disaster if he picks up another injury. Will Greenwood be back? You'd hope it is if it's tonsillitis. Um, I would hope he is available for that game. Is Oli going to have to do something else? Um, uh, who else is there? Um, who else is there? You know, right. I know Charlie Mullins was the this is what I'm betting on. the first team. I'm betting on. Mm. Yeah, I'm betting on Roja at right back. Dalla, sorry, Roja at left back, Dalla at right back. But I'm going to go for a renaissance. Ashley Young up top. <laughs> well, <laughs> not no, as crazy as it sounds. No, not as crazy as it sounds. Uh, Nav. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So I, said John, um, I said John O'Shea's played up front. It's not that bad. <laughs> um, I, I do wonder whether anyone else will be promoted from the the current under twenty three setup. Um, you know, in 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 terms of uh, uh, in terms of that side, because uh, 
interestingly, um, Quentin Fortune is now involved in the under 23s and certainly has looked, uh, if you follow the, the under 23s at all, it has looked a bit better this season than it, than it had done uh, last. Uh, there is one player of interest in that under 23 squad who I think if we're that short may get a chance and that's uh, Largi uh, Ramazani who uh, predominantly plays out wide but he looks like he's got something. Again, you know, certainly behind um, Chong, Gomez and uh, Greenwood in, in terms of that queue for the first team. But it could be time for someone to step up. You know, it did uh, Rashford um, the world of good when he got that opportunity. Maybe we'll see Largy get a get a run out. Uh, maybe we'll see the likes of, you know, Ethan Gilbraith um, getting some minutes as well. Um, so I think there's one or two that we, we could see stepping up. Um, into the first team but again you know um a lot of pressure to be coming in on um if if um if these players are getting their debuts uh, against rochdale and, and that will be a physical game and again horrible cliche but it'll be rochdale's cup final those players will have dreamt of playing at a ground like old trafford so they'll be out to show off to the world and they'll know that they've got the attentions on them so um no, no sort of yeah. james garner he's disappeared off the face of the earth hasn't he Mm, but, uh, where is he injured is he is he still there you know um, just haven't heard anything from him yeah disappointing indeed but uh yeah if if you're a united under 23 player and you listen to this well you never know you could follow in the such footsteps such. Last footsteps as will keen federico makeda <laughs> uh james wilson adnan yanazai Marcus Rashford. Ashley Fletcher. There's plenty, yeah, plenty of them out there. Good, good, good. <laughs> Reagan Paul. Cameron Borthwick oh, Jackson. James Weir. Yes. Basically, anyone who played under Louis Van Gaal when we had 15 players out. Uh, that's where <laughs> you uh, That's where you could be. Um, thankfully, um, and actually, I don't know if this is if this is a good thing, uh, but uh, it's it's not on TV on Wednesday. United versus Rochdale. They've chosen the scummiest game they could have picked, which is Milton Keynes versus Liverpool. Uh, yeah, genuinely, genuinely, I couldn't think of a worse game than that. But um, I don't know who I actually want to win. Um, but yeah, uh, United taking a watch, and then we've got Arsenal next Monday, which is gonna be interesting. Absolutely. Um, uh... You just hope to God that we've got Pogba and Martial back uh, to face them, uh, and at least we can give it a uh, you know a proper game. Um, but right now, and I hate saying it, the only way we look like scoring is through a penalty. You know, I just even then that's questionable. Um, uh, yeah, true. You know, look at look at United's away record. You know, am I right in saying that the last competitive away win was PSG? Yes, PSG. <laughs> That, yeah. that, that, felt, that feels like a that feels like a lifetime ago. Feels like a lifetime ago. You know, we have not won an away game since then, and we are talking about the, getting the side into the top four in the Premier League. There is no hope unless you can address that pretty I mean, quickly. I'll, I'll, I'll give you some stats after winning each of his first nine away games in all competitions. Solskjaer failed to win in the following nine. Um, we failed to keep a clean sheet in any of our last away eleven away. Uh, records. It's our worst run conceding in 14 consecutive matches since between April and December 02. Uh, we've lost seven of our last 15 Premier League games, as many defeats as we'd recorded in our past 40 games in the competition, which makes me think shit, it wasn't that bad under Jose. It was just a bit boring, wasn't it? <laughs> well, you know, it's just where do you go from here? We've got to go forward. Um, the pressure for me should be being felt at board level. Um, I don't like seeing uh, Ollie under this pressure because I think I think he's genuinely trying to do the right thing with, with what seems like one hand tied behind his back in terms of this squad. You know, find me a manager that will do better with this current squad of players because I, I don't believe if we had Pep Guardiola at the time, he could turn Jesse Lingard into a world beater. So you know that Ollie's got his squad. He's got to work with it, you know. If it means blooding a lot of youngsters, well, well, why not? Because on the evidence of what we saw today, uh, there's not a great deal ahead of them that's going to put up any form of resistance to those spaces. You may as well give people experience. 
God, just 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 quickly to wrap up, I'd love to see Roy Keane kick the shit out of some of them. It'd be hilarious. It would be hilarious. I'd love to see Roy Keane back on the pitch. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I saw him give Carragher a bit of abuse today about winning the Premier League, not or not winning the Premier League, which is um, quite uh, quite enjoyable. But yeah. Uh yeah, they there you have it. Uh how do you see it going? United taking on uh Rochdale midweek and of course Arsenal Monday night. I'm gonna hopefully well hopefully have a bit of a reactionary pod um next Monday night following uh following on from that game. How do you see him going, Nav? Okay, so again I'll I'll, I'll do the optimist thing. I see us beating Rochdale. Um uh, I think it will be a I don't think it's gonna be earth shattering, but I'm gonna go for uh 2-0 home win against Rochdale. I think the Arsenal one, um, I'm going to go for a one-all draw. Uh, I think Arsenal will score in that game. And I I, I do not believe right now United are, uh, look like a side that can ever score more than one. There you go. I'm, I, think, I think we'll score two. I think we'll, we'll, we'll score two uh, against Rochdale. Against Arsenal, I I'm really am not sure. But... Uh, we will see. Our times have changed, eh? We're talking about possibly scoring two against Rochdale and yes. doubting whether we could put two past. It'll be one what of those a very flaky Arsenal defence. I think yeah, it'll be one of them dead, dead sort of nights at Old Trafford. You know, one of those ones where it's just super quiet, where you can just hear, hear, hear just sort of the crowd rumbling. Thank God it's not on TV. Uh, but yeah, look, two 0 Let's just keep it simple against Rochdale. Get it, get it, get the job done effectively. Um, that that's all I think we asked for. But um, against Arsenal, that that is the real test. It'll be interesting to see how, how the squad shapes up and and what happens injury wise. But um, yeah, that is uh, pretty much all we've got time for this week. You can tweet us your thoughts at United Redcast on Twitter. We'd love to hear uh, hear from you. But um, yeah, Nav, thank you very much uh, for joining me this week. Uh, we'll catch you again next week. Come on, you Reds. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at unitedredcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.